Blog Talk Radio. You're here, you're at UWC Radio, United Wrestling Council, upgraded from last time, because as you know, we used to have this show on at 8 o'clock, we get a, a half hour, and that's it, but we had a meeting, and we actually talked about it, about upgrading, and we finally made the move, so on the line with me right now is one of the co-owners and co-promoters of the United Wrestling Council, Michael Parks. Michael Parks, how are you, my friend? How y'all doing? Hey man, and, and yell into that uh, mic as much as you can because it could be. I know you got that Barry White. Well, first of all, for the people listening to us, uh, Michael Parks is, which we talked about when we had the the uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Not lower graded show, but the shortened version of UWC Radio. We had Michael Parks on. We're talking about how he was a. You know, promoted a show back in the day when it was back at the Zacatecano and he had Psicosis and Rey Mysterio and, and Damien and everybody, and which was great. It was a successful show. I mean, it really, you know, put him on the map. But then after we found out, it, it's a lot harder to get these guys over here nowadays than it was back then. So besides that, he is uh, – now, are you a baritone or, or what, what's, your, what's your musical what's your musical background? <laughs> Because, because I am well, uh, actually... <laughs> uh, a tenor. What's a? There you go. I'm a tenor. Yeah. <laughs> so I see tenor. Well, uh, real quick, real quick, Mike. We'll give them some a little bit of background for the for the people who are new that are listening to the show. We um, after we did uh, you did the show over there. Um, you know, we went to a couple of more shows, and uh, after that, I just kind of went on and started working for different companies, Revolution Pro, and all that. Kind of lost touch with Mike because he kind of started doing his own thing, <clears throat> personal security and things of that nature. But then after, I don't know, it was probably a good 10 to 13 years in between. Um, now, did I call you and ask if you wanted to come to the show out there in Orange County, or did you just find it on your own? I can't remember. No, you had uh, you had posted something on, on your Facebook about you doing a show, and I'm like, oh, man. I'm gonna go check them out. I haven't seen I haven't seen you in like fifteen years. Yeah. And so I'm like I'm like, man, I'm gonna go down here and check out the show. And uh funny thing is <laughs> you thought you thought I was dead. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that rumor came from. I don't. And and I don't know what the heck but when I saw him I was like, Oh my god, first of all, I was like, You're alive and you're like, 
I don't know where that came from, but um, we're doing a show out in Orange County. I was working for Orange County Championship Wrestling at a small um, venue that was pretty packed. I can't remember what the – I don't know if it was end of the world or something like that. But then after the match was over, I see Mike, and we're talking, and he's like, man, he's like, I got bit by the bug, man. I want to do a show. Because for the people listening on UWC Radio, talk about that. When you go, it's a lot different. When you, regardless of what it is, if it's an independent show or if it's a big-name show, when you go there live, it's a lot different than watching it on TV, right, or on video. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a whole lot different, um, especially when it comes to everything that has to be done in order to put it together. You know, right. uh, you're, not, you're not working on your schedule. You're working off of everybody else's schedule, you know, right. if they can come and do your show. Um, and you want to have the best show that you possibly can, so you hope that everybody's schedule meets up at the right time and, and everybody's okay with it so that you can put on a solid card so that the fans, you know, are happy when they go home. So it's it's a lot right. harder, you know, uh, to put it together. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's what you it, – it, it, it's the happiness and joy that you see and the fans' faces when they leave because they enjoy what the product that you put out. So, you know, yeah. that's, 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 that's basically what you shoot for, man. You know, this exactly. is all. Exactly. And, and, and to kind of break it down, you know, for the people listening to us, it, it's uh, so much with the people. That's why we have a radio show like this, because the people don't get to see behind the scenes. People just go, they see the finished product and they see how the show is and it was slamming and all that. <laughs> but, uh, Michael Parks, myself, and Manny have been working since that day. Since we, you know, we, we were kind of off and on talking, and then we finally got together and said, "Look, let's just let's do this show. Let's make it right. Let's make it." You know, we, Michael and I talked a lot about the olden days. How, you know, like I was talking about Terry Gordy and Doctor Death. How, you know, those guys just came and ran roughshod, and people even in Japan where people are kind of quiet. They they would go nuts for those guys because they were just so you know hard hitting and all that. And I said, well. We want to have that, but we also want to have Lucha so that the, everybody gets taken care of, and a girls' match, and an entertaining match. And, you know, we, we decided to put it – but it's literally been now, I would say, six months since we started working on this show. Yeah. Easy. So, so Easy. The, the original – after everything, you know, we got together, and we, we checked out the venue, which is – what's the name of the, of the church again, Mike? I'm sorry. Church of God. Okay. And, and we – when we went to check that, because I'm not, I'm not, not let me see, I, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but I was like, yeah, you know, it's going to be rough. And I, but when we went to the venue and saw it, I mean, my just my eyes lit up because it is like the perfect place to do a show. The show's going to be outside. But there's a smaller parking lot right next to where the, the it's kind of like a conference room where all the guys can get dressed. It's really nice area. They come, could come out the back and take a little bit of a walk to the ring to kind of get the crowd hyped up. There's a, a about a 50-car parking lot, which is right on the premises. So, you know, plenty of par- – I mean, it was just literally perfect. And then even when we, where we were putting the ring, we put it out with cones. And then Manny said, well, look, I think we should move it over. And right when he moved it to that spot, I was like, man, perfect. I mean, it is spot on, right in the middle. It, everything just it just clicked. Everything was just perfect. So we were working hard to get this thing going, and we were hoping by July 11th, which is tomorrow, we would be ready to roll. But this just stupid COVID thing just will not stop. So we pushed it back to hopefully the end of August. 
But as Mike and I were talking today, it looks like in San Diego they've got the okay to do an outdoor event with uh, you know, uh, X amount of people and six feet apart, and everybody has to have a mask and everything like that. So we're hoping that we're going to be able to get it towards the end of August because we definitely w- we're hoping to you know we don't want to really want to do it in the first of September because kids are going back to school and everything. But then who knows because they might not be going anyways. But anyways, the, the bottom line is we've been really working hard to get to get this thing going. So with that being said. Coming up in about five minutes or so, we got the main event. Uh, participants <laughs> is uh, high risk. We're going to talk to them a little bit about that. I want to talk to them because uh, with Mike on the line because I saw them at Compton Mania. Um, they were doing 1,000 uh, percent knockout Nicolette, who is happens to be my sibling. I mean, not sibling. That's your brother. My my daughter um, was working with them, and I, I, Sean Black is the one who booked the show, and he said, yeah, I'm going to put it with these guys, because I, I think that'll enhance their their popularity, because they, they had him work in his face, and honestly, between us, before we get him on the air, Mike, I think they should be heels, because the way they work, I think they would pop as him, but anyways, and, and the show, they, their finishing move just had everybody on their feet, and everybody was really, you know, getting into it. So I said, hey, let's put these guys, you know, against these guys, and I think we're going to have a slamming main event. Everybody's going to like it. They're going to go home with a smile on their face, and everybody's going to want to come back. So we got them coming on. When we get them on, we'll talk a little bit about that. And then at about the 45-minute mark, we're going to have <clears throat> Jose Ambriosio, who used to be with me in the Raza when I was working back in OCCW. So we're going to talk to him about that. We got him booked on the show. We tentatively have him working against Vito Fratelli. And we'll talk a little bit about that when we get him on. So, uh, MP, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to shoot them a text. The guys from High Risk, let them know that we're going to um, get them on in just about two minutes. We'll come right back, and we'll talk to High Risk. Hold on. Clothing is uh, one of the sponsors that we're currently working on to get them all set up for a sponsorship for the UWC radio. and got a lot to offer them, but we've also uh, been in touch with uh, Mark Common from Paul's Photos. So, hey, Mark Common from at Paul's Photos, definitely going to be hooking up with you pretty soon so that we can, you know, let you know exactly what we offer because that's another thing too. Mike and I and Manny have been meeting almost every weekend and putting together the sponsor packages, and now with the upgrade with the UWC radio, we can offer so much. You know, 30-second spot, we got your banner going. We could put that skirt on on the side of the ring, you know, just a ton of stuff. And we even, uh, for lack of a better term, marked out a VIP section for you. So, it, it, you know, and if we're out in the sun, we're going to put you underneath you, so you're sitting in the shade. And we're really, really striving to make a nice uh, – Think for the sponsors, right, Mike? I mean, because when you think about it, that's that's what we're what we're really getting to to get us to the next level, right? 
Well, you know, um, honestly, sponsorship was the reason why we folded in 97. We just didn't have it, you know. Exactly. And, uh, you know, if we can get sponsorship, sponsorship is the most important thing for us, you know, so because it's they help us to. Oh, sorry, Mike. I'm okay. sorry, I hit, the, I hit the button Not on accident, I, I, I hit it as I was scrolling To get back over to the thing Sorry about that, we're, we're going to continue on that in just a second Hello Okay Hey, it's Fabiano, you're live on UWC Radio Can you hear me, my friend? You sure can, can you hear me? Uh, yes, sir, for the people listeners You're here at UWC Radio And we got Simon Lott It's funny, uh, Simon, because we were talking about the, the Compton Mania show But let me give... Um, your partner call so we can get him on there because, you know, I had Simon on my other show and we talked a little bit about, you know, working and, and, and how impressed I was for that main event at Compton Mania. But I want to get his partner on here because we got so much to talk about. I also want to talk a little bit about, you know, what you guys did afterwards and working and stuff like that. So let me get Steven on the line and we'll go from there. Hang on one second. Hopefully he's Hello. there. Hey, it's uh, Fabiano. You're live on, uh, I was going to say, on on, the, on UWC Radio. Uh, can you hear me, my friend? Yes, sir. Ah, it's beautiful. Okay, so real quick for the people listening to us on the United Wrestling Council Radio, <clears throat> we're here live. Don't forget, you can check. So we've upgraded. That's why I'm able to get all these guys on here at the same time. So if you uh, get a chance, make sure you check it out. Every Friday from 7 to 8.30, we're going to be live. But on the line with us right now, not only the co-owner, and promoter for the United Wrestling Council, Michael Parks. But we also have, uh, I call him HD. I don't know if he's, if it's for high <laughs> for some reason, Stephen, and, of course, Simon Lotto. So, real quick before Well, I first of all, that, that, the HD, that's an old, dead tag team. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, so now you're, you're Stephen. H, HF and N or HF and R? HFS, Stephen Andrews, with my tag team partner, Simon Lotto, and we are known as High Risk. HR. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Now, I'm gonna <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give the people listeners a little background. Okay, first of all, you know, uh, uh, Sean Black, who's who's one of the uh, main men from from his promotion and, and sets a lot of stuff up. He 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 did Compton Mania, so they uh, Hyrus was booked, and uh, Nicolette was gonna work with them and all that. And she said, you know, they're working for an Oki Dojo. Uh, let's go check out the show. And and this is the God's honest truth. I, I, and, and Michael uh, Parks was there too. I was so sick. I mean, I, I don't know if I had the flu or, or whatever, but I was dying. But, you know, I was like, yeah, let's go check them out. I want to see how they work or whatever. And then I ended up calling Mike at the last minute. He's like, yeah, man, I'll meet you guys up there over at Leonardo's. So, you know, we, we saw them work and everything. And it was, first of all, I thought you guys killed, uh, was it Matt Vandergriff? Or who did you guys almost kill on that match? Uh, that would be Biagio. We hit with it. Yep. Yep. Biagio Crescenzo. They look so much alike. Yeah. I, I couldn't get him apart. Yeah, I right. He, I mean, when I saw that finisher, I thought he was dead, and I was like, "Oh, dude." So, <laughs> anyways, we we you know, Michael and I talked to him. And he said, "You know, these guys are this. That's who she's working with, and all that." And he says, "Ah, you know, they. I like that finishing move." And we talked about it, and then she got booked on Compton Mania. And I wasn't booked, but I wanted to go down and go check it out and everything. So, real quick before we talk about what's coming up in the future, I mean. This is what I talked to Mike about a lot because he didn't get a chance to go to that show. It was probably maybe, I would say, 30 to 40 paid, if that. But there was quite a few people, and the ring was huge. Martin brought that big, huge ring, but everything fit, and, and that crowd was hot. So when you guys hit that finisher, 
I mean, literally, I've been in the business for a long time. That crowd went nuts, and everybody went home happy. Nicolette hit, hit what's his name, with the spear, and then you guys hit the finishing move. And, I mean, we were waiting for the Uber, and everybody was happy. <laughs> it was funny because they were like this. Sean, it's, it's a funny thing about that. Sean Black was like, oh, I wasn't supposed to mark out, but he was flipping out. You could see him. Oh, yeah, yeah a complete mark out to that finisher. <laughs> yes, yeah, so... So I'm sorry, you guys. It might be kind of loud. I, I'm still at work. So. Oh, jeez. Sorry about that. Hey, no problem. You Don't worry about it. We, we can hear you fine. But real quick, and I'll okay. start with Simon. T- talk a little bit about that because I, I, you know, I haven't seen you guys before those two shows, but then when I saw both of those shows combined and everything, then I told Mike, hey, man, let's put these guys in the main event because they, they really got something here. So for the people listening to us on UWC Radio, talk about, you know, meeting Steven and how you guys got together and, and just started, you know, getting into the business and working. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, to go down to the roots, let's see. Um, well, we've known each other since high school. And lo and behold, big-time wrestling fans, the both of us, of course. And Steven obviously comes across a, a wrestling fire for a local promotion. And off that local promotion, it just so happened to be the Young Bucks local promotion. Um, we, go, we go from that show to starting to train, to starting to... No, no, no. I work for a water treatment uh, facility. I'm sorry. It was loud outside. Okay, sorry about that. Go, go ahead, Simon. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, no. So we got our start with the, with the Young Bucks. We started getting training from Matt and Nick Jackson. Um, we started training under, under their belt for, I want to say, give or take six months to a year. And they saw so much potential in us that they couldn't hold us back anymore, if that makes any sense. To where it was, we need to get these guys in the ring, and we need to get these guys established because these guys are too good not to be in the scene right now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so we, you know, we got our training. People would say, you know, oh, you guys got trained by the best tag team in the world. Well, hell yeah, we got trained by the best tag team in the world. <laughs> and it, 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 just, it just goes to show you, look at our credibility in the ring. Right. It's, it's, right. Almost, it it's, almost a mirror, it's almost a mirror image of the Young Bucks when you see us in the ring. You're captivated right. when you're in, when you when you're watching it. You're captivated. You're stunned. Yeah. And now, uh, with uh, first of all, I got to tell you, when I saw that finishing move, especially at Captivating, because I was right there, I was trying to video it, and I did get get a piece of it. You know, the, with with Stephen coming off and and doing that inverted moonsault, the timing has to be right on because you have him in in like the the neck breaker, and boom, it was spot on. So. I mean, Stephen, tell us a little bit about how you guys came up with that move, or did you see it somewhere and add a little bit to it? How did all that come about? Well, when we first saw it, it was on a uh, TNA wrestling show. Uh, we kind of modified it from one of the uh, tag teams. It was, uh, uh, was it Motor City Machine Guns? They did something similar, but I added my shooting star press. I can do it. Simon was like, hey, I'll hold him in the neck breaker. Let's give it a try. And we tried it out. It worked so clean. We didn't hurt the guy. We landed it perfect. We were like, boom, this is our new finisher. What are we going to call it? Let's call it High Risk, High Reward. And I was like, dude, that's a badass name. We're keeping that. So that's how it came about. Honestly, Steve's, honestly, Favi, Steve's being safe with it too. And when it comes yeah. down <laughs> to it, though, when it comes to that whole move in general, we needed something so impactful and so 
so completely innovative that no one's ever seen before. So yeah, when it correct. came to coming up with that move, we had to think of something that would actually not necessarily carry us to that win, but also, sorry to say it to our opponents, but destroy our opponents in the process. Because there hasn't yeah. been one person, there hasn't been one person that has kicked out of that move yet. Not one. And, no. and I have to agree. And, and when, especially for Compton Mania, I mean, the people just went nuts. I mean, I was like, I've been in the business, and Mike too, Michael Parks has been in the business a long time and been, you know, he brought major stars over when he does his promotion. And I, you know, I told him, and when I showed him the video, he was like, yeah, dude, let, let's get these guys in the main. So with that being said, <laughs> You know, we first of all we were going to have you guys against uh, Julio Rodriguez and Koto Hero, but for some reason I don't know if Koto Hero has something else going on or whatever. But he had to he had to back out. I don't know what he's got going on. So so it's it's this is what's funny. People know who you are, and we had just happened to be. Uh, my brother-in-law lives in Norwalk, lives r- literally down the street from Ruben Iglesias. And I was talking to him, we're talking about the show, and he's like, "Man, I'm very familiar with high risk or whatever." And and they were like talking to Nicolette, and they're like, yeah, I think they can work well together, so now he's in. So real quick for the people listeners on UWC Radio, talk a little bit about that. It's going to be you two guys against Ruben Iglesias, who you're familiar with. Now, are you familiar with Julio Rodriguez at all, or you know who he is? I actually have no idea who he is. <laughs> no, <laughs> sir. No, I, I don't either. Okay. No. <laughs> well, Julio Rodriguez, and, and we'll try to explain this if we have the time, is a young boy from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, he used to be one of the sea lions, and then Rocky Romero got him into to New Japan as one of the young boys. So he's been training over at the at the LA Dojo and working. You know, uh, real quick, Simon, can you can you explain what it is to be a young boy for New Japan? <laughs> to be a young boy, uh, let's uh, the weight you have to carry. Let's start there. Um, right. When it comes to being a young boy, you're you're just busting your ass twenty four seven. It, from the beginning of a show, you might not even, you might, yeah, you might not even be put on a show, but you're setting right. up that ring, you're putting up chairs, you're doing whatever it takes to show your love and your passion for that promotion, for right. the business. And so, so the the way he and the way he got in there to start training at the LA Dojo because once you get in there as a young boy, that that's your like your career. That's they're gonna take care of yeah. you. So what new what yeah. New Japan did was they put a thing out there to where if you can fly yourself out to Japan. We're, we're going to give you a tryout. So that's what they said. So he he had saved his money, and he went out there. So just going out there, the people, the promoters and stuff that, that work out there said, if you have enough uh, wherewithal to save your money and be able to come over here on your own dime, we're definitely going to – we know you love the business, so we're going to take care of you. So that's how he got started. So his, his game has improved uh, I saw him at one of Sean Black's show for the for the kids that he does over there, where there's a swimming pool and, and a jacuzzi and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, you could tell this kid's get, you know getting to another level. So I said he he'll be perfect to work with high risk. So it's going to be high risk versus uh, Julio Rodriguez and of course Ruben Iglesias. So that we definitely look forward to. So for the people, as soon as we get, I was telling Simon and, and Stephen, you know that the, the show was actually booked for tomorrow. We had everything ready to go. But with yes, this COVID, sir, right. we got pushed. Yeah, we got pushed back to the end of August. Now San Diego's already opened up. They can do outdoor shows and they can have X amount of people and everything. So I'm pretty sure it's only a matter of time till we can we can do that over here. So we're definitely looking forward to that. So real quick, because we're running up against the clock, I'll give this to Stephen real quick and then we'll we'll, we'll uh, end it up with Simon. You know. I had no idea that AEW had a different show besides the Wednesday show. But Nicolette was telling me, hey, the guys, the guys are over there, 
and you got to check it out. But in ammo, I don't, I don't know apps and stuff like that. But she has the PS4 with yeah. the big screen and all that. So she said, "Come and check them out." So you know, next thing I know, you guys were working against the Young Bucks. It looked like it was at their house on the tennis court, but it was a pretty cool setup. So real quick, we'll start with Stephen. Talk a little bit about you know that and working with them and getting, getting yourself out there through AEW's. Is it called Dark Match or Dark Something? Yeah, it's uh, AEW Dark. They record on Tuesday nights live on YouTube. Uh, go and check them out. Uh, it was on the BTE compound at uh, Nick's place uh, in uh, Rancho Cucamonga, where they're where they're from. And uh, they invited us over, and they wanted to, you know, have us do a couple of matches, maybe a couple of skits and everything. And we were like, yes, we would love to help you guys. You guys are our trainers. We'll do anything to help you. And they gave us yeah. those opportunities, and we couldn't be more thankful and, you know, blessed that they did that for us. Yeah, it was pretty – when I saw it on, on, on video, it was pretty cool. But then, not only them, but you wrestled SCU also, right, Simon? Oh, yeah, we definitely uh, – Christopher Daniels and Kazarian, we sure did. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, honestly – A lot of I'm fun. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out, but um, – Real quick for the people hey, that are on UWC Radio, we're talking to High Def with, with uh, Steven and, of course, Simon Lotto, talking about the big show coming up, talking about working with AEW. Before I let you guys go, and, and, and ended up with the big main event that we got coming up, and, you know, God bless them at AEW. They're really trying, but it, to me, it seems like without that crowd, that live crowd, it's on a different level. So if, if, let's say you got booked out there, and there's there's no live crowd. It's just they have a few wrestlers out there. Do you change your game up at all to try to, I mean, does it make a big difference? I've never done that. <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> um, honestly, when it comes to the crowd, it, it's, a, it's, a big, it's a big difference because the crowd, the crowd really does give you a lot of energy in that ring. But the way that I see it is if you started off in a bingo hall in front of 10, 15 people wrestling around, you know what I mean? What's the difference from wrestling on a main stage in front of 10, yeah. 15 people? You know what I mean? So the way that I see it is we're going to go in, regardless of when it happens, with a crowd or without a crowd, we're going to go into AEW and we're going to take care of business regardless. Right, right. I, I would agree. I would agree. Just, I, and I think, that, you know, because when I put that I was going to have you guys on, you know, of course, you start getting a lot of emails and a lot of messages, and they say, oh, well, ask him this. And, and, it, and it's it's a, a, a little bit of negativity, but I think it's people that I, – I, I say it like this. People don't like John Cena because they want to be John Cena. You know, the dude's uh-huh. in shape, and he's got all the money, and he's got the crowd, so everybody hates on him. So that's what I say, too. When I t- t- said that I was having you guys on, they're like, well – Tell them that they need to, to get some muscle. They need to get on the sauce. They need to start getting bigger. Or the, you know, it, it, you get a lot. Now, do you guys get a lot of that, or is it just like you don't pay attention to it? Or, or uh, uh, Stephen, I'll pose that question to you. No, absolutely not. They they never worry about what we look like. You know, it, it's on us to stay in shape and work hard. And ever since we got that opportunity to be on Be the Elite, we were like, you know what? Big things are happening for us. They're coming. I know they are. We, I know we're all in this pandemic and everything like that. But give it time, and our opportunity will come. It's just we need to work hard. As soon as the gyms open back up, and as soon as we get our chance to get into a wrestling ring, it, it's on. High risk is just yeah. going to go higher and faster. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, let me tell you something, man. Not just because you're on the show and, and all that, but you guys made a believer out of me. I mean, I have never seen a crowd go that pop that hard. Uh, than Compton Mania. I mean, it was literally. Thank you, boss. I couldn't even hear myself. It was. It was just. I keep going back to that because 
you know, I was there, and, and even wait for that Uber, people were coming up to me going, hey, man, did you see those guys? And I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> so, so it was, that that really won me over and made me a believer, and, and not that I wasn't before, but, you know, and that's why I told Mike, hey, man, let, let's get these guys, let's get them on them. And he was like, absolutely, let's, let's just do it. So we definitely look forward to that for the people listeners. We'll keep everybody updated on the social media and everything, because that hopefully we're hoping for the end of August to get this show going. For Stephen... And Simon, I'm telling you, this place that we have is the perfect place to do a show. There's a huge parking lot so people can park on the premises. It's a wide open area, perfect dressing room for the boys, air conditioning. It's, awesome. it's just amazing, this place. I, I mean, it's no fight island, let me tell you that first, but it is an awesome place <laughs> to do a show. So we definitely look forward to it. Real quick, Stephen, can you give out your social media so that people can follow you? Absolutely. You got uh, Stephen Andrews HFS on Facebook. Instagram is Stephen HFS1. Uh, Twitter, same thing, underscore HFS. Uh, follow us on our YouTube page. It's high risk. You'll see myself, Simon, and my little puppy, Chrissy. You know, it's just a really cute little photo of us. Uh, <laughs> definitely come check us out. Subscribe, like, and a lot more videos to come. So I would just like to say personally, thank you so much for having me and my best friend and tag team partner on the show. Yeah, hey, it's always a pleasure. Simon, same thing for you uh, on the on the on the social media. Oh yeah, of course. You could uh, also follow me on uh, Instagram, you know, Facebook. I don't do the Twitter scene too too much. I'm kind of laying off of that. It is what it is. But you can follow me at Simon Lotto on any of those social media platforms. And then also too, I like to thank you, Fabi, for having me on. Absolutely, hey. Michael Parks, uh, who's with me, you know, as as we're on the show because we just upgraded and everything, you know, we, it's it's a collaborative thing. We all got together and said, yeah, this is the main event that's going to get these people to come back and check out the show, you know, after that because everybody's going to be so happy. So, hey, you hey, hear by that, the Mike? Way, Bobby, yeah, I, I, I wanted to say something. Uh, Go just for so it. you guys know, I, I, I looked at the uh, episode of Being Elite where you guys were a part of the kickout challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got a I got a kick out of that. So I, I, I see I see the showmanship that you guys have and I've seen you guys Absolutely. and I'm um I'm I'm looking forward to you guys coming over and, and working with us and, and you know, helping you enhance your your your, your work and, and getting you guys better at doing what it is that you love to do and helping us build what we love to do and Together we can build something magical here. I, I truly oh, believe. Oh yeah, so. of course, of course, boss. You know, thank you for the oppor- thank you for the opportunity, I, I, and um, we we look to make that tag team division just rise up. Hey, I appreciate I, I, it. I, I have a I have a, a a thought going through my head on who I actually want you guys to uh, go up against. I can't. I don't think I can say it on air. But, uh, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Let's keep yeah, people yeah. the secrets. You know what I mean? We don't have to give them too many well, secrets. We, <laughs> Exactly. about that too we're looking into the future i said hey once we get this sh- first show under our belt let's bring this guy and put them against them and let's bring this team and all that so the possibilities are are, are endless man so anyways put to, unfortunately we're, i'm sorry guys but we're running up against the clock but for the people this is don't forget check out high risk we'll keep everybody posted on that to simon lotto and of course steven uh, hfs a million thank yous for coming on we appreciate it we look forward to seeing that show and we'll see you guys real soon high risk everybody make sure you check them out Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys.
wanted to put that out there. But for the people listening to us, we're here at UWC Radio. We just got finished talking to High Risk. And I got Michael Parks with me. Unfortunately, Manny couldn't make it because he's actually doing business and things of that nature. And you know, Mike, hold on a second. <coughs> it never fails. As soon as I get hyped up and I start coughing, so I have to take a drink right in the middle of talking to him. But, you know, it, it it's it's good that we have them on and we have Mike on and everything because, you know, you, you we like to establish a rapport with these wrestlers because so many independent wrestlers, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll – like this is what happened to me. Like say there was a show in San Diego. And the promoter says, hey, man, I'll pay you 100 bucks or whatever. Like, All right, cool. So you go down there, and you get there, and he goes, ah, oh, bro, I can only give you 60. So now you're screwed. You either make your 60 and go home, or you tell him no, and you go home with nothing. So I would always be the type that's like, okay, I do do the job, get my 60 bucks. And I say, you know what, don't ever call me again because, you know, it, it, we had a deal. That was your word, and, and we went back on it. So when Mike and Manny and I sit down – that's that's what we're saying because if somebody comes up to me and says, "Hey, I'm gonna work for for such and such in San Diego," what do you think? I'm like, I say no because this is what happened to me, and that's how you start losing wrestlers, you know. So so we're working really hard on this show <clears throat> to make sure <clears throat> we're saying we're gonna pay you X amount. This is what you're gonna get, and we're gonna take care of you. So like we're talking about down the road because we're not talking about doing one show, one and done. We're talking about building and making a future here. Uh, we want to make sure that these guys are taken care of, and and the, the it's a, a good reputation, right, Mike? Yeah, because you know the 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 one thing that uh, I think people don't understand, or promoters tend to forget, is that in reality you're working for the wrestlers because without them you wouldn't have a business. So exactly. you, you 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 really have to. Uh, I'm not saying pamper them. And I'm not saying give them everything that they want, but if they're if they're worth X amount of money, and you know they're worth it, then you pay them that money. And you know, because when you do that, you you, you ever heard this, the, the the saying? You know, there's there's other people. There's people that look at you. There's people that watch what you do. Not not just right. the people that you know, but there's people that watch what you do all the time. And well, see, that's so true in this you know, business. You know, Mike, that's what sucks about, you know, you not being able to do another show after that because the, the, for the people listening to us, we've got Alexander Vega coming up in about 10 minutes, but we're talking to Michael Parks and talking about, you know, doing shows. But back back then, back in the day, through Antonio, we, you know, we met James Macias. And James Macias had a really nice house. It was out in the zoo. It was a big, big, you know, backyard with the, with the adult boy pool and all this stuff, you know. And he would always – I think he had a four-bedroom. So – he had a deal with Antonio that he would just take the, the wrestlers over there, you know, so that they didn't have to stay at a hotel and really took care of them. Like he would make mojarra or, or, or barbecue or whatever. So when the wrestlers came down, they really enjoyed their stay because they, you know, they got well taken care of. They got fed. They had a party. It was always awesome. So through James, that's how Mike was able to procure, you know, uh, Rey Mysterio Sr., Damien, Psicosis, you know, all those guys. So when they came, they were really well taken care of, and they wanted to come back, but do, you know, to to uh, financials and, and getting them back over and all that, it, it was taking longer than expected, and then it just kind of fell by the wayside. So that's why it took so long to, to kind of do another another show. Would you agree with that, Mike, how well they were taken care of? Oh, again, you're, you're talking about Serial Senior, who at the time 
was at the top of his game. Was he in uh, oh, AAA yeah. or Conseco? He was in AAA. So he was AAA, he but, was, but they, he was doing his own thing in TJ. Yeah, but he was, I mean, he was on the top of his game. He was on yeah. TV every week, you know what I mean? And then yeah. you had Damien and then you had Cicosis, who were actually under contract with WCW when they came right. and wrestled for us. And so, uh, yes, we took, we took care of them because again, yep. they, they didn't have to come. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, I understand yep. that it was, you know, it was a job and it was money, but they didn't have to come. And so I, you know, you have to take care of them some type of way. You yeah. have to take care of them. And, yeah, but it you wasn't, know, but it, <clears throat> it wasn't for lack of effort that we, that we tried to do another show because remember your cousin with the Mercedes and there was no gas and we barely made it to James house and we kept working yep. on trying to bring somebody. <clears throat> and then once we had, once we had that show under our belt, I was approached by by somebody who who wanted to to start taping it and get it on TV because this was back in you know the the late nineties early two thousands I think I can't remember for sure and mm-hmm. and even Mondo, Mondo Guerrero Eddie Guerrero's brother Mondo met me at James House and it's like dude I want to get involved I mean this is huge so it was really you know it just that one show started to uh, put uh, big house promotions on the map so this is this is. We're bringing it all around to this is what we're doing now. We finally, now that we've all got together, we're saying, look, man, this is what happened. You know, we did well on that show. We were able to do it. The only thing is, I, I, it sucks, though, because James kind of got out of the business or whatever, because I know Mike's been over there a couple of times, maybe two or three times or whatever, but I was over there a lot. And, I mean, it was – I had more fun – Going over there and hanging with with the luchadores and stuff like that. Uh, they brought the minis one time. They brought four of the mm-hmm. minis, Taconcito and Mascarita and all that. And and um, uh, James had a big barbecue and all that. And everybody just having. Superboy, I think, was there too with his kids. But anyways, <laughs> Mike went home because I know he had to get home or whatever. And I think I was going to go home later with 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 the bomber or somebody. No, we ended up staying. Hey, is that when Mascarita? So, is that when Mascarita was drunk? Oh, he was hammered. Both of them. Octagon yeah. too. And you know, you know who else it was who just who just recently passed away was Piratita Morgan. He was there too. That guy was a hell of a worker, man. I mean, that guy could go. I, I think I think he just had a couple of, of days ago that maybe two, I'm, I'm not. Don't quote me on that. I don't want to pull a Michael Barks. <laughs> but I read it somewhere on the Facebook. Wow. You know, you, you can't read every believe everything you read, but that's what I saw on there. But anyways, he was there. And I can't remember who else was there, but you know we had such a good time. And then and then they're so small that back then, remember the big screen TVs were on a big like like a big mounted thing or whatever. And it was about six o'clock in the morning, and Mascarita is poking me, and I look at him, hey, what's up? And he goes, hey, Fabiano, can you turn on the TV, please? Because we can't reach it. <laughs> I had to get up and turn the TV on for because they couldn't reach it. But I mean, it, it not that it was better than the wrestling, but those guys had such a good time that I don't want to say the wrestling was secondary because not because they still put on a show regardless because those guys were so awesome. But they just had such a good time. They didn't want to go home. They were like, dude, let us stay another day. We'll go home Sunday. We don't care. We're Monday, animadre way. Let's go. So that's you know, what I'm saying. You know so what's crazy? Go ahead. You know what's crazy is, and I think about it all the time. You know, we had the chance to to meet, you know, Doctor Doctor Wagner, and 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 yeah, I remember, I remember when uh, Rayo de Jalisco yeah. came, and it, it's like, you know, I was new to lucha when I moved out here from Illinois, 
uh-huh. and was going to school was going to school out here and one Sunday evening I was like, Man, there's nothing on T V and I just started scrolling and I hit Galavijon and there it was and I fell in love from I was watching uh it was uh El Dande and uh La Fiera. Yeah. And it was I for two and a half hours I sat there amazed. Like, holy cow, what is this? This yeah, is off the chain. It's totally different. I mean, and I, it is, and and I never, I never stopped watching, and uh, you know, to 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 be able to promote it, to be able to bring it to the fans, you know, like we did, and like we're gonna do. Um, it just it it really makes me happy. That yeah. that. Uh, yeah, and it's it's kind of good that we had that all that experience and maybe it's a blessing that we had that time in between cuz now with your experience putting shows together and, and and all that we went through and and stuff like that hanging out with James and Antonio and all that and then me you know I continued on to start working for Antonio at All Nations and that's how I met Superboy and everything just kind of took off from there um <clears throat> It, that's what, why we've been getting together and saying, look, man, if we make this match, this is going to pop. And if we do this, so I'm telling you, for the people that are listening to us, once we get the word and we're able to do this show, it's going to be slamming. I mean, everything kind of, like the stars were in line, everything kind of fell into the, to place. We got the people we want. We got the venue that is off the chain. You know, everybody's coming together. So that that's why I'm saying, you know, we're putting so much into it. That's why we upgraded the radio show so we can get both Simon and, and uh, Steven on so we can have everybody in, in the, you know, we also have a chat room. We're going to start working on that. Maybe we can have um, your goddaughter work the chat room so people can ask questions because a lot of people for some reason are afraid to call in or whatever. But if you have a right. chat room, they'll be, they'll be saying all kinds of stuff and you can pick and choose what you want to, what you want to ask. Believe me, I've had a chat room on my other show. And when I've had women fighters, like women from the UFC and all that, I've gotten questions that I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? You know what I mean? So it's like it's kind of better because you can kind of, you know, weed those out or whatever. So we're definitely looking forward to that. But real quick, we're going to go ahead and take just a real – this break is going to be so fast it's going to make your head spin. And we'll be, come back with Alexander Vega, and we'll talk – he's booked on the show too. Tentatively, we got him against Vito Fertelli. So we'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about being with the Raza, working for OCCW, moving on to different things. He's a good kid, man. This guy, I have a lot a – lot, uh, uh, good vibes about his future and all that. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with Alexander Vega. Michael Parks and myself hanging. We'll be right back. Because we're talking at the last meeting, we're talking about Kima Clothing, 
And Manny's like, yeah, we got to get some suits and all that. And I'm going, let me tell you something. If if we can go to Kima Clothing and they can fit me for a suit, they can fit anybody. Because, you know, I got a belly, but I'm I'm wide in the shoulders and, uh, you know, arms. <laughs> They're going to come in. We're going to walk in and they go, man, we got to bring out the SWAT team, bro, because it's going it's to be a minute. So hey. all of us, you know, Mike Mike is six foot five and he's eating Manny's hey, if six I get three. To, and, if I can get it, if I can get my suits from there, man, and I and they fit anybody perfect can. to me, anybody can. <laughs> That's perfect. Hey, we'll have to talk a little bit more about Kima Clothing, you know, once we get them all sewed up and everything like that. Because, you know, to me it's amazing how somebody can, can custom fit a suit. Because I've had to buy mine off the rack and then take them to go get tailored or whatever. And just to see... You know the Asian lady going, oh, you, oh, we're gonna have to do this, and it, it's crazy. So we'll talk about that as, <laughs> as we keep going. But let me give Alexander Vega a call, talk a little bit about you know the upcoming show, as well as working you know with with me back in the day. Is Alexander Vega. Hey, Alexander Vega, it's Fabiano. You're live on UWC Radio. Can you hear me, my friend? I can hear you. Ah, it's beautiful. Real quick for the people listening, don't forget you're here. You're at UWC Radio, the United Wrestling Council. We've upgraded, man. It's it's a huge difference because now we can, you know, take our time and talk to people. So make sure you check us out every Friday from 7 to 8.30. We just got finished talking to uh, HD High Risk, and uh, Michael Parks is with me. Real quick, uh, Alexander, so I know you haven't met Michael Parks yet. He's the, the, the main uh, man from... UWC's co-promoter, co-owner, as well as Manny Pitson. Real quick, Mike, say hi to Alexander Vega. How you doing, man? Doing great, sir. Glad to hear from you. Good, good, good. It's good that we appreciate you. It's good that we upgraded because then we, you know we got Mike in with us and, and you know he he can kind of see what's going on. So we just have him uh, on on the first show just so he can you know get acclimated to you know some of the workers and we got everything going and people start to know who Michael Parks is. And we were talking a little bit about that before we brought you on. Alex, because he uh, did it. We're talking about his huge show he did back in the day. First of all, the Zacatecano in Compton was, I don't want to say the Mecca, because All Nations was right there, but but it was pretty much the Mecca of Lucha Libre in California, because everybody came through. It was so, you know, Conan came through there. Chris Jericho, that's why I have so much respect for him, because that dude worked a lot, you know, at the Zacatecano with with Conan and and Piloto Suicida and all that. Uh, Conan worked there. But it's funny because way back in the day when, in WCW when, when Conan was cutting a promo and Chris Jericho was out there and Chris Jericho was saying something acting all stupid and then Conan goes, hey, man, you need to go back to Platanos with that shit. And I think, Michael, I think you and I are the only ones who knew what that meant. Huh? Yep. <laughs> he's, he's referencing back working at the Zacatecano or whatever. So, anyways, that it, it's it's not like that anymore. There's not a, a like a, a huge place that was, was the hotbed for Lucha Libre, so that's that's what we're kind of hoping to do with this. We're really gonna make it to where that's that where everybody goes. Oh, dude, if you go to this show, it's it's, it's slamming or whatever. Real quick, Alex, we're, we're talking a little bit about the show, but I want to bring it back just a little bit. You know, when when we were all working for Orange County Championship Wrestling, and it was really starting to to, to bubble up. I really like that place in Westminster. The uh, I think it's five five five. You know that's a nice place to do a show because you know it's got a separate dressing room and it's re- it's just really nice. But you know when it was myself, you, Freddie Flores, and then we had Nicolette holding the the Mexican flag and all that, we did a show and they had that six sided ring. And uh, you remember that, Alex? 
Yes, I do. Now, did that throw you off at all? I mean, I, I really liked it, but a lot of people are like, oh, it threw me off. I didn't know what to do. I thought, I thought it was pretty cool, right? Yes, it may it brought me back to, like you were saying to Lucha Libre. It definitely brought me back to that style. And I've always yeah. wanted to wrestle in a six sided ring. And I'm thankful yeah. that I'm able and I was able to wrestle inside and hopefully do it once yeah. again. It's definitely a great experience and I definitely, definitely had a great time, especially us kicking butt as usual. Yeah, but you know, there there's certain shows that you do that that just for some reason take off. And that was the one. It was it was uh, myself, uh, Alexander Vick, and Freddie Flores with Nicolette. She brought out the flag against Tony Reyes and Della O. And we, you know, we said okay, you know. But when I went out there, that place was packed. I mean, I don't know if the six sided ring was some sort of like people just wanted to see it or check it out. But we we wrestled that that night, and we actually went forty five minutes, you know, including you know your ring entrance and your stuff afterwards. But we went forty five minutes on that show, <laughs> and it was one of the best times I ever had. We just kept going back and forth. And then what happened was, I don't want to pull back the curtain too much. But Tony Reyes' daughter, Dakota, I believe she wrestling as something Reyes, Novocaine Reyes back then. Yes. She, you know, Nicolette came and she hit somebody with the pole from the flag. And, and Dakota jumped out of her seat and attacked Nicolette. And, of course, you know, Michael Parks, it was, it was a plan. But my brother-in-law jumped out of his seat. He thought she was going after, you know, his, his niece. And peop- it just got crazy, man. I mean, people, somebody, somebody uh, ripped a... Uh, one of my wristbands off or something because it just got into a big melee. But the point I'm trying to make is, for some reason, that show in particular just it just went off. I mean, people just were hot. The finish when when she attacked Nicolette. I mean, it just people were everywhere. To me, that was one of the the shows that just really popped on that one. So we we wanted to go on and, and do the rasa and keep going and keep keep progressing but i ended up going somewhere else and you know alexander stayed and all that. so right now as we speak is, is there still a rasa uh together or have you moved on to something else cuz i have i'm sorry i haven't been able to keep in touch with you like i should but that's why i got to ask you that question <laughs> no worries i know i know you're a busy man you got a lot to do and i completely understand no la rasa is no more unfortunately uh-huh. at the last stage match in january Freddie Flores, unfortunately, betrayed me, stabbed me in the back, unfortunately thought he was a brother. Clearly, he was in in business for himself and left me laying on the ground. One day I will handle that, but La Raza is no more. But that doesn't mean that you and I cannot, as the roots, become something greater than what La Raza was. Well, he he was always the outcast. He he always kind of wanted to do his own thing, and and you know we all butted heads on that or whatever. But you, Alexander Vega has an open invitation to join the Roots. Right now, the Roots is just myself and and Nicolette, because we've been kind of well, everybody's been hiatus with this with this stupid COVID nineteen. But Alexander Vega himself, I'm telling you right now on this show. UWC Radio is open invitation to join the Roots whenever you want. I mean, we we would just go at it with these people. I mean, uh, Tony Race hit somebody with the bell that night, and somebody got hit hung with the rope. I mean, it was it was <laughs> a heck of a brawl. So definitely uh, extend the invitation anytime you want to come. Now, with with all that being said, uh, Michael Parks and I, and of course Manny, been working on this big show coming up. Unfortunately, it was supposed to be tomorrow, but with all this COVID, it ended up getting pushed back. We're, like I said, we're hoping to do it at the end of August. When we were putting the car together, I was originally thinking, you know, I think Vito and Mikey O'Shea 
will have a good match because they're too big, too, for lack of a better term, too big marranos. They, they can go at it. But that the, I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. Vito has got some, some fan following. We've been working for Lucha Libre Alliance and all that, and he's, and he's getting a pretty big following. I said, you know what, if I put him against Alexander Vega, that's going to make the crowd pop. I, I mean, I, I think that match right there is going to set the tone for the next two matches that are going to be above it because they're, they're going to come out and they're going to brawl. So real quick for the people listening on UWC Radio, talk about that, man. I mean, when I told you about that matchup, you know, where you like, yeah, this is this is what I'm talking about. Or Give us your thoughts, first of all, on wrestling, Vito, and second of all, you know, what the game plan is for that night. For Vito, I was in a, I will get, say, a faction with Lucha Pro, myself, uh-huh. Vito, Mikey, Freddie, and uh, Vintage Dragon. So I'm very familiar with what Vito can do. In the ring, outside of the ring, me and Vito see each other eye to eye. Not to say that we haven't bumped shoulders here and there, because it has happened. But we have not had a one-on-one confrontation as of yet. So as soon as you told me Vito would be a possible opponent, I was ecstatic. That is something that I've been wanting and been waiting for for as long as I've known Vito now, which is going about a, a year or so that I've met Vito. So to see and to be able to have that opportunity to face him one-on-one, that is definitely going to be one hell of a contest. Yeah, that, and that's why we, when I brought it to the table and I told Michael Parks and Manny, I said, hey, man, this, and they were like, let's do it. Let's do it. So, well, I'm gonna go over the card real quick because I, w- I want to um, talk- I want to run a couple things by Alexander Vega and of course Michael Park. So, the opener. This is tentative right now, but this is what we got booked. The opener is gonna be El Mecanico against Alaste Oro, two uh, veteran luchadores who are gonna come out and they're gonna start showing what lucha libre is all about. You know, a little hold to hold. They're gonna start wrestling. I have a feeling they'll get to wrestling, but once they get going, they're gonna end up chopping the heck out of each other. And then chopping me all day long. In the second match, we, we, we had something else planned, but we're looking at a girls' match. Now, what it probably is going to be is Candy Girl versus Lucy Love. So I had Candy Girl on my other show, and I had no idea how popular she was. She's got she's got a big-time following. And Lucy Love is somebody that I always use. I used her in my show that I did in Long Beach, and uh, we ended up working against her. She wasn't even booked, but I threw – uh, had to put Nicolette in our match, so we put Lucy Love on, on the other side, and it, it turned out really well. So now we're covering everything, Lucha, girls' match, and then we're going to have Alexander Vega against uh, Vito Fertelli, which is, like I said, man, it's, it's going to set the tone, I'm telling you. And then, of course, in the uh, semi-main, it's going to be uh, myself and Unholy, which is which is tentative, of course, against Imperial and um who else did I tell you, Mike? I'm, I'm all messed up right now. Impedia. Oh, and Biggie Biggs. That's going to be in the yes. semi. So, Big, Biggie Biggs is somebody that I've wrestled everywhere. I mean, all over Southern California, Arizona, uh, Indio. I mean, him and I have wrestled everywhere. And, and not to pull back the curtain too much, but he's somebody that I actually uh, work very well with. He's used to my style or whatever, and so when him and I get in the ring, that, that he knows what's up, man, and we're going to put on a show. So definitely got to check that match out. And then in the main, oh, I'm sorry, that's the third match. And then, of course, we're going to have Kayam and uh, Fletch Fugaz versus Jaguar de Oro and Power Baby Genesis. So that, that match right there is going to be slamming because Fletch Fugaz and, and Kayam have been mortal enemies. 
for a while, but I put them together because I think together they're going to do a lot more damage. You know, you got Power Baby Genesis, who's the Exotico, and then you got Jaguar de Oro, that's a real, like, he wants to be, like, the main, like, I'm a wrestler, and, you know, he's real, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but he's real serious. And then in the main event, of course, we got High Risk versus Julio Rodriguez and Ruben Iglesias. So that that show right there is stacked, bro. I'm telling you, everybody's going to go home happy, so we definitely look forward to it. And, of course, we just talked to Alexander Vega about working with Vito, and I'm telling you, I think that's going to be the sleeper. Not just because he's on the air and he's over here, but um, that's why we put it together because that's what we're looking for. So real quick, Alex, can, can you hang on real quick? i, I got to take just a real quick break so I can reset, and then i I got some stuff I want to run by you. Hang on. We'll be right back. Well, you know, Manny's taking care of business out there. He's moving and shaking and taking care of a bunch of business for the United Wrestling Council. So, And he's the one who, who talked to uh, Mark Common at Paul's Photos. So don't forget, Mark Common from Paul's Photos, hey, man, giving you a shout-out. We, we would love to bring you on board. Make sure you check us out. Hopefully we'll be meeting with him pretty soon. He shot me an email and said, man, you know, i got classes and stuff, but I'll definitely listen to the replay. So we look forward to, you know, talking to him and getting to know uh, Mark Common from Paul's Photos. Definitely want to check that out. Okay, so real quick, since i got Michael Parks here and i got Alexander Vega here, and we talked about the show, and it's huge, and, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. We've been working literally six Six months to get this show going. I'm hoping to have it at the end of August. So we look forward to that. So I'm going to pose this question to my my people that I have on the on the radio with me right now. I got to tell you, man, I I'm I'm not the kind of person that says I'm going to kick this guy's ass and I'm going to do this and I'm going to. But I'm going on the radio right now to this UWC radio and saying if I ever see Randy Orton, all right, on the street, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a piece of my mind because real quick. Uh, first of all, I'll pose this question to Alexander Vega. Did you get a chance to see Raw when they put Randy Orton with Andrade and um, Garza? No, I didn't see. I saw hints of it. I saw him pull him out of the ring and tell him he's been in the business for I don't know how long and to get his head out of his ass. But that's as far as I got. This, this, see, that, that's all you needed to see right there. Michael Parks, what about yourself? I saw the, the backstage vignette when uh, – Orton was was basically threatening them to do their job, or he was going to do something to them. You know, I, I have to I have to keep it. You know, I got to keep it kind of cool or whatever because we have potential sponsors listening to the show and all that. But I, I'm, I have to speak my mind. I, I shame on Randy Orton first of all for doing that for for because he throttled uh, Garza and told him he better get his head together and he'll you know he'll do this and he'll do that. And, man, I mean, uh, I had to take an extra shot of my blood pressure medication because I got so hot. Because, you know, Garza has more talent than Randy Orton will ever have in his life, ever. And Andrade, the same thing. When he was La Sombra and CML, you couldn't even get close to that dude, man. They were the original Ingobernables and all that. So this is, first of all, if you have to do that to get over, throttle somebody and say, oh, you, I'll beat you up, then, then you're not a good wrestler. You're not a good worker. Second of all, if they have to write that in, 
you know that Randy's going to throttle Garza and tell him this and tell him that, then shame on you for writing that in because that's a punk move. That's that's like the, the, the Rudos cursing at people to get over. You know, you don't need to do it. If you're a good wrestler, your work will show, and, and, and they're either going to like you or they're going to hate you. So shame on them for writing that in. I'm sorry, man. Just had to say that. I, and, and I'll pose this question to you guys also. I don't like uh, uh, jobber matches, you know, because if I was, let's say I was in the WWE, and let's say I'm, I'm Randy Orton, they say, okay, we're going to bring this guy out, and you're just going to pulverize him, and, and he's going to go. First of all, makes no sense. Why would you? Why would you even come if you're going to get beat up? And second of all, what does that say about me that I have to beat this guy up to get over? You know, I've always. This is probably why my my career didn't last that long. I always went after the big guys. I put that on my Facebook. You know, Matt Sinister, uh, Death Certificate, Eddie Fatu, who was Umaga, um, uh, Pogo the Clown, people like that. Because I figure, I'm, I'm. What does it say about me as a wrestler if I beat up somebody who's five foot two? Or whatever. If now, if I can beat up somebody big like that, which I never did, by the way, um, then that's saying something. Now, I'll pose that to, to first of all to our guest Alexander Vega. Give me your thoughts on that. I think jobber matches are stupid. I think it's the dumbest thing ever. Give me your thoughts on that. I think it's very old school style of doing it, which is no longer really relevant now because we don't see those as real. What do they call them? Enhancement matches. It doesn't enhance anybody. It doesn't put anyone over. I think. And never really has exactly. in the last 10 years. You know, we exactly. want to see people actually go out there and actually have a match. Not just beat up right. someone for 10 minutes and then what do you get from that? No one gets over. Right. I, I, I don't like them. I want someone. I want a Braun Strowman to take on a big show. I want to see power. I want to see a fight. Right. I don't want to see just a squash. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Michael Parks? Well, you guys are going to hate me. <laughs> Because I am old oh, school, but God. hey, you know, hey, it was done, done to for a purpose back in the day. It was, and now, I mean, it's like, you get tired every week of seeing Braun Strowman and and Roman Reigns or Braun Strowman and so and so. They, they don't have storylines, therefore it becomes monotonous and it really, it sucks when you have these guys these guys wrestle because it doesn't mean, it means nothing it's just a show that's all it is, it's just a show well, and if, that, I'm if, that's, what, Jim, if that's what people if that's what I'm going to have Jim Cornette like, give you I'm going to have Jim Cornette give you a call because he, he he's he's on the he's on the same level or whatever because it, it it, it to me, it's just uh, I I I can't talk about it on the air. But there was a certain wrestler when I was coming up that that had a buddy that was tiny. It was like me wrestling my nephew, and he just used to beat the crap out of him every show, and that's how he got over. Now, oh, this guy's so good because he beat. He's wrestling somebody that's like an eight year old. Who cares? To to me, and, and and if by some reason if we're if it was reality and this guy came back and beat you. I mean, if you got beat, wouldn't you rather get beat by the world champion than get beat by some guy that's four inches and eighty pounds smaller than you? That's I'm sorry, man, but that's my feeling. I think I think jobber stuff is if if you're a good writer, and uh, Michael Parks and Alexander Vega, I'll pose this to you. There is so much talent in WWE. First of all, there's so much wasted talent, but with the talent that they have, 
they shouldn't have to worry about enhancement matches or, or it getting bored or whatever. Dude, you put Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro against Garza and, and uh, Andrade, it'll blow the roof off that place. I mean, Alex, do you agree or, or what do you, am, I, am I wrong or tell me? I definitely agree with you. That And I also agree with Michael. It, back in the day, it served its purpose. Because we got to understand, back in the day, you didn't get the, the Monday night main events that we get now. You wouldn't get yeah. that on Monday Night Raw. You get what? The first main event was Undertaker versus Damian Demento? Like, it's <laughs> not that anymore. We're not there anymore. You know, yeah. so seeing how many matches, I agree with you, Fabi. It's just wasting time. Yeah. When we can yeah, have can really move... star-studded matches. Yeah, they can move now. people around. You put you put Ricochet and, and uh, what's his name that used to be Uha Nation? Uh, uh, Cruz. Uh, Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz. Okay, you you put Apollo Cruz and Ricochet against Nakamura and Cesaro. Dude, it's going to be ridiculous. Or you put uh, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet against uh, uh, those guys. I mean, I'm dude, you put them against Grand Metalik and and uh, what's his name, uh, Lince Dorado. Oh my God, the, the possibilities are endless. Uh, now, what about this? And I'll, I'll pose this to the to the panel again, real quick for the people listeners. You're here, yeah. UWC Radio. We got Alexander Vega on the line, and of course Michael Parks. And we're talking about you know enhancement and all that stuff. I this is what I think, and we'll take it we'll take it to the panel here. I think they should implement a six man tag tag team belt. You put Cedric Alexander, Apollo Cruz, and Ricochet as a six man. They'll go nuts. You bring back the other. Uh, ¿Cómo se llama este morenito? That's with the um. That's with the new day. The the guy with the big hair. Xavier <laughs> Woods. You know, Xavier Woods. See, that's a six man right there. You got uh, Apollo Cruz in them as a six man. Put uh, Grand Metalik, Lince Dorado. Bring another luchador. Put him in with them. Uh, Andrade and and uh, Garza. Bring bring Mecha Wolf or whatever and put him in with there. Dude, that six man uh, tag team belt would actually mean something. I mean, it could really, you know, bring it to another level. I'll ask Alex first. What do you think? That I think it'd be a good idea. Yes, for WWE. You know what? There's just so many wasted titles in WWE. To add another another one is just I don't think it's smart on WWE's behalf. Dude, would it be great? It'd be great, yeah. but I don't think it yeah. just it's just gonna fall off to the wayside. Like you think they just don't know what to do with the talent to to have a six man? Look at the women's tag team. Need <laughs> I say more? He, that, even Conan says that. Conan says, "Man, uh, American wrestling, women wrestling is a joke." You you bring you bring. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll tell uh, pose this to Michael Parks. Michael Parks and I went when we went to the show with Nicolette to the uh, Inoki Dojo. They brought Taya, and she had two two SoCal women with her, and they brought Fabia Bache, and she had two SoCal wrestlers with her. And uh, Mike, you you let me know if I'm wrong, or you tell me it. It seemed like Taya and Fabi were on a different level. It was like a man amongst boys. Those, those two, I mean, I would have just rather have seen them two against each other than the other ones because they far and away outshine those other two girls. And Mike, would you agree, or you give me your thoughts on that? Yeah, but see, that, that's the thing. You don't put them. You don't put them with people that that, that can't go with them. You just right. you just don't. Right. Because 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 then you know. You're making the people that they that you put with them look that much worse. You know what right. I mean? It, yeah. That, that it, was, it, it, it looks like it looks like they don't 
they've had they didn't have the training that those two women had, and yeah. it looked like they were far so far behind them in in uh-huh. everything that they were doing that that it was embarrassing. But I want to I, I, I get back. Go I for it. To get back on on, on the, the enhancement. Um, uh-huh. You're the book. You're the booker. Yeah. Right. And we're 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 we're, we're booking, you know, superstar caliber matches every every Monday, every Friday. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say superstar matches. I would say, like, you know how, like, if there's a tag team, and let's say it's Cesaro and Nakamura against Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik, I would put Nakamura and Metalik in a one-on-one to, to build up the storyline. Okay, and that's one match, and then you go into the, the tag team match right after that, right? So there's, so there's nothing. Yeah, it would, it, so would, there's, lead, so there's, it would lead to the big pay-per-view or the, or the end of the world. Far, how far away is the pay-per-view? I don't know. You, Twenty you miles. No, not really. Going, but, <laughs> but see, but look, let me let me give you I'm, an example. Let me let me give you a good example. When because I listen to a lot. I listen to Taz when he had his show, and he said, you know, when Sabu and I were were, were heading to the big pay-per-view, he goes, we didn't touch each other for four weeks. He goes, we just kept building up, but we never touched each other because when it was time for that big show. Everybody wanted to see us kill each other. We built it up. We did a bunch of different stuff, but we never touched each other. And when finally they did that first pay-per-view, that's what everybody was waiting for. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking in that realm. Go ahead. But I, I kind of understand what you're saying, but go ahead. Okay. But at the same time, they weren't touching each other. They were wrestling enhancement wrestlers as well. Just, Just to have a match, just to show how bad they were and how – how bad the things that they're going to do to each other they were doing to those wrestlers, building themselves up. So that made that made the fans go, man, I cannot wait because Taz just choked this dude out and he's pissed off and he says this is what he's going to do to Sabu and Sabu just put this dude through a table and he really hurt him and I can't wait to see whether he can do this to Taz. Those things they're needed. It's 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 as much as you guys don't like them, they're needed. They, they really are, and. How, but, uh, how could you be mad at how could you be mad at somebody that that loves loves they love the, the sport just like you do? Let me how, how let me pose this question to let me uh, pose this question to Alexander Vega. I'm gonna book you, bro, and I think your 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 main event. I'm gonna put you against. Let's say um, uh, who's who's uh, in New Japan that's a, that's a big time uh, uh, gaijin. Uh, let's say Marty Skrull, uh, when, when, when Marty Skrull was in New Japan. That's going to be the big main event. Is it going to make any difference if you beat up some jobbers to get to Marty Skrull, or would you rather beat uh, – who's the guy who does all the flips, Michael Parks, for, for New Japan, the guy from England? Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay. So I put, I put him against – I put Alexander Vega against Will Ospreay, and he, and he ends up beating Will Ospreay on the way to Marty Skrull. Wouldn't you think, hey, dude – you know, Alex is going to be doing some damage. He put away Will Ospreay. Alex, what do you think? Or would you rather work a jobber to get to, to Marty's girl? Obviously, Will Ospreay. It's the old time yeah. thinking. Do you mean? Did you see anyone beat jobbers on the way to Hogan? No, they beat no. a Teddy Biasi. They beat a you know Jake the Snake, oh. and then they beat Hogan. They don't meet jobbers yeah. along the way and then beat, try to beat Hogan. You know? 
Yeah, oh, New no, Japan, guys. That's no. But what's no. but what's good about New Japan is they don't, like, have somebody go on, like, a win streak. Everybody has a loss. You know, a lot of people, you know, they, there's nobody that just goes and just completely beats everybody. Everybody loses. Because in real life, it, 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 nobody is, is undefeated. Nobody. You know, maybe Floyd Mayweather or whatever, but nobody is. But that's what I like about them is, you know, Marty Skrull's got some losses out there. Will Ospreay has some losses. Everybody, you know, so so they keep it all in an even keel. But when they get out there, you know, it's a show. When when Michael Parks and I went to see uh, New Japan, and it was the Young Bucks against uh, Kenny Omega and and the the other Japanese guy that almost died when they, fell, they almost fell the wrong way when they were on the corner. Oh, that was a show. That was a show and a half, and there was no lead-up to it or anything. Or when Marty Skrull wrestled Will Ospreay, dude, that was one of the best matches I've ever seen. I mean, they freaking went at it. And even those the, the Samoanos the, uh, that, that wrestle out there, man, those guys put on a show. And they don't need that. There's no enhancement talent. They might have a young boy who's coming up every now and again, you know, but they're paying their dues. But that—that's all I'm saying. I just—I just think like New Japan. That's why I like New Japan so much, is because they're on a different level. I mean, everybody there is is just huge. And if and if you're badass, you're gonna be in New Japan or whatever. That—that's all I'm saying. But I just don't like the fact that they wrote in that Randy's gonna be the big, you know, great. Uh, Messiah, for uh, lack of a better term, and Garza and Andrade have to be the fall guys for it or whatever. I just think if you have to do that, you're not you're not that good. I would say, look, man, I'm on. Put me with. And this is where what I what I talk about, Alex and and people like that. They ask for for the better wrestlers. Hey, man, well, let me wrestle this guy. And I'm all about putting people in that ring and testing them. When I used to work for, not that I'm great, please don't don't think that I'm I'm acting like I'm because I got my ass kicked a few times. Uh, l- let me tell you something. When I wrestled Eddie Fatu, I, I it was hard for me to get up the next morning. That dude put me really shocked me into uh, reality when I wrestled that dude. But anyways, um, when because. I work a full-time job. I've always had. So when I would work for, like, Kiss and Carisma and all them, I didn't worry about the pay. I would say, hey, when the guys come from CMLL or whatever, let me work with them. And if you don't like it, you never have to book me with those guys again. That's how I got to work with guys like Solar. I worked a lot with Blue Panther. He was always really cool and helped me a lot. But that's – I wanted to better myself. But if I would have been wrestling, you know, Johnny come lately from wherever, I don't think I would have – you know, kind of blossom. You, you, you get that, uh, Alex, what I'm talking about? Yes, I completely understand what you're saying. You know, it makes an impact who you wrestle and just beating drivers. It, it doesn't get yeah, like, it doesn't get over. Yeah, somebody like Alex, I, like if I was bringing Mecha Wolf, I would have no problem putting Alexander Vega against Mecha Wolf or, or Bestia or somebody like that because I, I have faith that he's going to raise his game and put on a show. That that that's what I'm talking. That's why we we book people like him. Same thing with Vito. Vito uh, upped his game and started working lucha. So I would have no if I brought somebody, and 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 I would have no problem putting Vito against somebody like that, like Black Tarus or something like that. I know they they he would up his game and put on show. You kind of get the point I'm I'm trying to make there, Mike. I, I I get what you're saying a little bit, but but that that's what I'm saying. You kind of get what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. I just see somebody like like Alexander Vega who who's who's got a, a passion for the business and just wants to up his game. And and when I see that, it's just like when we're talking about Julio Rodriguez. He he, you know, they used to 
Well, I don't know if they made fun of him, but they used to tell him because he used to. I think he used to work at Disneyland or something like that. But he kept putting his money away, and they go, "Oh, you work at Disneyland and blah blah blah, whatever." I, I'm, I'm not sure that's what it is, but from what I heard. And, but when the time came, and New Japan said, "Hey, man, if you can get yourself down here, you know, we're, we're going to take a look at you," and he went, and he went on his own time. So, so they didn't even before he even got in that ring. They said, "If this guy is." Got the passion up to save his money and come when we ask him. Obviously, he's got, uh, you know, a passion for this business. So we're going to take him seriously. That's the point I'm trying to make. Alex shows that he's got the passion for the business. So when we bring somebody, I have no problem putting them against him because he's always trying to up his game. Same thing with Vito. You know, him and I have gone back and forth in the ring a lot, but that dude works to raise his game. It's uh, you kind of get what I'm saying in that kind of a realm, there, Michael Parks. Yeah, I got you. I understand where you guys are coming from. All I'm yeah. saying to you is people people have to get built up. And, right. you know, yes, back in the day, I, I, what Alex was saying, he said nobody nobody wrestled jobbers to get to Hogan. That's mm-hmm. Honestly, that's not true. They were, they, were constantly, <laughs> they were constantly wrestling jobbers to make themselves look I, that much better. And then when they know, got I, into the ring, when they when they got into the ring with another superstar, was because they were building a storyline to have a program with that superstar. It wasn't just to have a match. They were building. Yeah. They were they were going to start a program with that opponent to start something to go to another to a pay per view or or whatever. But it, it wasn't yeah. just oh we're just going to throw them in the ring just because they're two superstars. No, there was a purpose yeah. behind everything that was done, and that's and, yeah, and you know be. saying and saying somebody. <laughs> Somebody's paying their dues, but what does what does that mean yeah. by paying their dues? That means you're getting yeah. beat up, getting beat up by getting beat up by who? You're I, getting beat up by the I, bigger I, boys. I think I might be biased or whatever because I, I I love luchas and New Japan so much. I might might be like overthinking it or whatever, but I mean that's just me. I just see those matches and I think, man, everybody should you know everybody should work to like Chris Benoit. He said, hey man, I don't care. I don't care if I win or lose. I just want those people to want me to come back, and I want to do it for the business. That, that's kind of what I'm talking about. But real quick for the people listeners, you're here at UWC Radio. We're talking to Alexander Vega and Michael Parks, talking about jobbing and doing stuff to get to the top. So uh, I'll, I'll ask Alex this. What, what's the main goal? For me, my main goal was always to get to Japan. Never got there, but, hey, man, that would have been awesome to go out there, even just for one shot or whatever and go to Ribera Steakhouse and get me a jacket and stuff like that. Uh, now that I'm older, my thing is to, to get that out there, to get that show out there where people are going to go, dude, this show's slamming and I want to come back. So what about for yourself? You still, to me, Alex, you know, Gets out of it what he puts into it. He puts a lot into it. He's training. You know, he hey, let me wrestle this guy and, and, and keep moving. So, what's the ultimate goal for you, uh, Alex? I've only been in the business for training about three years now and working for about yeah. a little bit more over than a year and a half. I've uh-huh. trained with Rikishi, with Reno, the Black Pearl. I've trained with Mikey O'Shea, and right now I'm continuing my training with Little Cholo and Mariachi Loco. So every day, yeah. and, and obviously learning from veterans like you, and, and every day learning more and more, trying to become a better wrestler. My, my ultimate goal right now in the next coming years or so is to, just like yourself, make it in Japan. God, I love that area. I love that style of wrestling. It's why I'm trying to yeah. learn it. It's why I'm telling you right now. I'm about to go after I get off the phone with you to a training session with Paul London. I'm trying to do my uh-huh. best to learn from anyone who's willing to put in the time and share that knowledge with myself. 
just like yourself, student of the game, learn as much as I can and put it all in the ring every every chance I get. Yeah, and, and Michael Parks and I have talked about that. When we start bringing some people, we, that's what we, we want to do. We'll put Alexander Vega and Vito against, you know, Mecha Wolf and Bestia and all that. It's funny because it's funny how you remember things, but, you know, that stick out in your head. But I remember we were at James' house, and we we were talking. Remember, Michael, we were talking to El Sagrado, and we are right by, mm-hmm. by the pool. And, and we were talking about you know, because you were bringing psychosis and all them. And I, I came in mid-conversation, but I remember you telling Sagrado, but when those guys come over, you know, we're not putting them over. You guys are going to be doing the damage because, you know, we don't want them to come in, do a shot, and look good, and leave. We want to build you guys up. You remember that? Yep. Yeah. It, was only, it was only right. It was, yeah, it was, so it was only, only right, you know. Yes, since, you, you since way back then your mind was already there, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you don't you don't yeah. just – just because you're bringing somebody big in, you don't just let them come in and, and run over your local talent who's trying to make a name for themselves. Because then what do you do? You just killed it. You just killed them. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you just, Man, that was... whatever, whatever, whatever push they had, you just killed because you let, you let them get slaughtered. So, yeah. you know, no. That, that uh-uh, had to be, not... that had to be at least maybe 15 years ago, you know? Eve, uh, <laughs> maybe more. <than> nine, nine, <laughs> 97? Yeah, 97. Yeah, that's that, when, maybe 98, 97. Yeah, damn. That was, was long fudge. That's when oh, she called the with, with WCW. Yeah. Yeah, damn, we show, showing our age. Well, let left. me tell you something. Just just for the record, as Sagrado was one of the – I mean, I've wrestled a lot of people, but that guy, I would put him in there with, like, Biggie Biggs and Val Viper. That guy could work, man. He knew – he knew my style, and when I would, he was just there. He was everything. He was just there. That guy was a, was a hell of a worker. Have no idea what happened to him because we haven't seen him in 20 years. But but that guy was a good worker. So, anyways, Alex, it's good for you to come on because you could you know see what we're talking about old school and when we used to bring these guys down and work. But that's what we're getting to now with the UWC. We're gonna bring that back. We're gonna you know if if you know. Uh, Against Vito Fratelli, you're going to see the people are going to see. Damn, that was a heck of that was a hard hitting match. That's why we put you guys together because down the line, when we bring people like that, Black Darus and people like that, we're going to put you guys against them and show them, hey man, these guys from here got the talent, and it's good for you guys because maybe you know somebody from Japan's going to see this. Hey man, let's bring this team over here, or let's let's bring this guy or whatever. That's that's the main goal as well as putting on a good show so that everybody goes goes home happy. Would you agree, Michael Parks? Yeah, you know, you know, I, I go back to what I said to high risk. You know, one of our main goals is guys that are that are you know they're performing you know with us that you guys hone your skills so that one day yes. you can move on. You know, if you're blessed to, to get that call to go over to Japan, you can do it and know that you know you put the work in here. You know, and yeah. and I, I would I want to see everybody flourish. I want to Prosper. see. I want to see everybody Big get time. fed. Yeah, I want to see. Yeah. I want to see everybody attain their dreams. And and you know, Alex, I I, I love your fire. I love the the emotion that passion. you have. Yeah. That, the passion. That that's what that's what's missing in this business, man. Is is yeah. you know, youngsters having the passion <laughs> to want to learn how to get down. And you really want to learn I, how to get down. Dude, and I, I, agree. I I I appreciate you for it. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. 
but but real quick before we get we'll seriously run up against the clock, uh, for the people listeners, Ring of Honor comes on on Friday nights at midnight, and last week they had a, a three way between PJ Black, um, Flip Gordon, and Triton from CMLL, and they dared Triton to wear these little calzoncillos, little almost like a G-string dude. I mean, it was the smallest oh. trunks I've ever had. And he said, to show you that I'm not scared, I'm going to wear them, and I'm going to put on a match, and he did. So he, regardless of what it takes, he did it, and he made that, that crap work. You've got to check it out. It was uh, Triton, PJ Black, and Flip Gordon, and Thorn put on a show, dude. If you get a chance, check it out. That's what I'm talking about, Alex. Alex is de- We might have to put Alex in some little calzoncillos like that to get him over, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> nah, uh-uh. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm sure, his, I'm, sure his, I'm sure his wrestling ability will do that just by itself. He doesn't need to put no, no, no exactly. gimmick trunks on, no. <laughs> Real quick before we get out of here, I know Jose Ambriosio is your uh, – your Facebook handle. Any other social media? Obviously, A underscore A-B underscore J-A is Instagram. Alexander Vega on Facebook as well. Definitely contact me there. Sweetness. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on, man, and hanging with us and, and joining the conversation. We look forward to the show, man. I'm telling you, we're working hard on it. It's going to be slamming. So for Alexander Vega, look forward to seeing you at the show. And, of course, Michael Parks, I'll see you this weekend for another meeting, bringing this all together. Uh, Manny Pinson, appreciate you out there handling business while we handle the radio show. We'll see everybody right here, right here on Fridays from 7 to 8.30, UWC Radio. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll see you guys soon.